This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. The beauty of the pandemic was everybody in the world was in the same situation essentially at the same time. We've lived in the neighborhood for like a decade and I didn't know any of the neighbors. And now we know like several neighbors, like we hang out with a few of them, our kids play now. We would do porch hangouts or we would do like trade food over the porch, you know, like, hey, Belinda, you're, uh, there's some curry goat on the stoop for you, you know. We would do that a lot with our neighbors, you know, and you get to know a lot about people from the type of food that they'll give you, you know. That's Roger Mookie. He's a celebrity chef, restaurateur, television host, author, and award-winning recording artist. Hey, Roger, thanks for coming on the show. And is there anything I missed in your mile-long resume? Whew, I'm exhausted reading all that. <laughs> my main job is I'm a love spreader. That's my job. You can encompass all of that under that umbrella. Oh, I should have put that right at the beginning. I love I that. You could add it now in my own voice. Yes. You could just edit it. Perfect. <laughs> love spreader. I love that. So I want to get right into it. Let's talk about all things Roger. You've been involved in so many facets of the food and entertainment industry over the years. I mean, I know my listeners and I would love to hear more about what sparked your passion for cooking. Well, I realized at a very young age, the fastest way to put what I wanted into my face was to learn how to cook it myself. So from like four years old, I was learning in the kitchen, five years old, standing on a stool, learn how to cut up chicken, make curry chicken. Like, so I've been cooking from my very first memory of myself that I can remember is making wontons standing on a stool in the kitchen. So what's it been like for you collaborating on projects throughout this pandemic? Because I know it's been a really interesting time. The beauty of the pandemic was everybody in the world was in the same situation essentially at the same time. You're right. Mm -hmm. Our circumstances and our scenarios may have been diametrically opposed and very different how we experienced it, but we were all under the same experience, right? So so taking that experience for what it what it was and just accepting and embracing it. And everybody had to figure out new ways to collaborate. So it's not like I was trying to push an idea on someone else to try and do something a different way. Everybody was looking for a different way and everybody was open and receptive to unorthodox ways of collaborating. And I think that a lot of those things will stay with us. I I totally agree with that. I mean, I noticed even a surge in people helping one another. Learn these different ways and learn different ways to collaborate and just sharing their ideas, what's worked and what hasn't. Well, you know, what's amazing is now we have neighbors, we've lived in a particular neighborhood for like a decade, right? And I didn't know any of the neighbors. And now we know like several neighbors, like we hang out with a few of them, our kids play now. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? And then it's kind of feels like it's gone back to that time where, I mean, when I was younger, I lived on a street that had so much, you know, family, friends, and just we became friends with everyone. And it was that open door policy and you would share food. And even though you shouldn't during the pandemic, but if you package it nicely and just hand it to them, you can share. But I noticed that that came up a lot more. Yeah, we would do porch hangouts or we would do like trade food over the porch, you know, like, yeah, yeah. hey, Belinda, you're, uh, there's some curry goat on the stoop for you, you know, go pick up, <laughs> yeah. go open your front door, this kind of stuff. We would do that a lot with our neighbors, you know, and you get to know a lot about people from the type of food that they'll give you, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Do you think that we'll see like a big post-pandemic boom in food and entertainment? Well, you saw as soon as they allowed restaurants opening, people flocked to restaurants. Like the second they could do it, all of a sudden New York was just flooded. The restaurants were flooded, you know? So people, you know, we've realized how big a role food plays in our in our lives, but also the social aspect of food and food service, you know? You talk to all these people doing studies or read all these studies, and the number one thing fairly consistently that people missed during the pandemic was going to restaurants and hanging out with their friends. So I think we're already seeing part of that boom. There's a lot of challenges in the industry that have happened since, like the labor market has totally shifted. It's a very different world in terms of being able to find staff and pay that staff in a way that maintains the profitability or even the break even of the business. Um, So there's a lot of challenges, but you know, I think there's no shortage of excitement for the food and beverage industry from the general public. You up for a little game? Yeah, I love games. Okay, we're going to fill in the blanks. I'm always late to blank. Nothing. Good. Blank is how I temporarily escape. Meditation. If I could go anywhere right now, I would go to blank. Uh, Castara, Tobago. Ooh, interesting. Okay, what's what's special there? (laughs) Uh, Me and my wife eloped there. And uh, I'd like to take my kids, our kids there to show them where we got married on the top of this hill overlooking the ocean. It's beautiful. Oh gosh, that sounds beautiful. If there's room for one more, I'm coming. I'll stick myself in a suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I want to try blank. I would love to try jet skiing or or like sea do, but I can't do water stuff. When I was young, I damage the balance center in my ear and I can't water anything so I, I really would love to do like sea doing but I that'll never happen. I deserve a gold medal in blank. I don't deserve a gold medal in nothing. I'm still learning everything. <laughs> You're so much better than I am. <laughs> I answered I answered that one with putting on leggings after a shower. <laughs> What's next for Chef Mooking? Chef Mooking, you know, working, I'm always working on a, a million different things. Um, but, you know, filmed a few shows that's going to be coming out. Uh, right now I'm working on, and I've been working with Grapes from California for several years now. And we're in the middle of uh, reminding everyone that grapes are in season right now from May through January. Uh, California grapes are just an amazing way to, to take snacks on the road and they're healthy and tasty and you can also cook with them really deliciously. So, Okay, so what are some ways that you could bring some freshness, a big flavor boost to our next meals with California grapes? Okay, so... Um, you know, on the, the Grace of California website, you go and you'll see a bunch of recipes that I've done over the years. But right now, we've done a, a Caesar salad recipe with a, a eggless um, dressing. And we use um, red grapes in there. And it's just a perfect burst of flavor against the crunchy uh, kale and then the mm-hmm. fennel and the grapes in there. And then this eggless Caesar is really delicious, healthy and light, refreshing. Um, if you want to get the end of the grilling season here, if you're in like a cooler climate or in your hot climate, that's all year round. I've done some pork uh, harissa uh, skewers 
with um, black grapes and mint and onion, which is really delicious. And oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. And also like to play around that pizza flatbread world. There's um, some green grapes with a prosciutto and goat cheese and pepperoncino. That's also really delicious. So you go check those out on the website. They're really, really good. And you know, I'm all about that pepperoncino. You like it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's good. Love it. And if you didn't hear, my drool just hit the mic. They sound... <laughs> amazing that's, that's all at grapesfromcalifornia.com i'm gonna be honest i grew up around grapes and i've tried many different ways but i have never grilled them you gotta grill them because what happens is like the black grapes especially and you want the seedless ones right they yeah. really the skin will just blister because they're sort of hearty grape but mm -hmm. really juicy and you bring out the caramelization and the sugars in them so by the time you bite into it you have the harissa paste which is like the spice on the pork and you don't even need a sauce yeah. because the sauce once you bite into the grape with the pork the, the, the grape bursts in your mouth and ends up being like a sauce, making it really juicy for the for the pork, right? So stuff like that, it's like really simple, but really, really good. Try it. It's delicious. Oh, definitely. Definitely that and the top of my pizza with it. <laughs> yes, yes, really. You could, you could use it like how you may use tomatoes, just replace them with grapes. Yeah, I mean, we grew up drinking our grapes, but... Um, People still drink the grapes. It's called wine. They were feeding us that. Oh, yeah, they were feeding us that when we were young. That's why we were all so well-behaved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I grew up in that era, too. I'm, I'm still good. Right? I'm good. Are you up for a game? Because I've got one in honor of your latest project. Are you in? Yeah, let's do, let's do the game. Okay. It's this or that. Niagara grapes or California grapes? California grapes. Raisins or grapes? Grapes. Grilled grapes or stewed grapes? Grilled grapes. Can we even stew grapes? Yeah, of course you can stew. Actually, there's many recipes all over the world for lamb stews, Moroccan stews with grapes. Oh, yes, um, with grapes. There's, all, there's a long history of stewing grapes globally. Absolutely. And the last one, of mice and men or grapes of wrath? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never uh, consumed either of them, so no comment. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm going to quit grilling your grapes. Now <laughs> on to some real questions. Ravioli or dumplings? Dumplings. But aren't ravioli just a kind of a dumpling? They are. Come on. Let's, they are. Let's be honest. <laughs> they are. We're going to go into this conversation. I know it. I feel it heading there. Come on. <laughs> Who okay. invented pasta? <laughs> Uh, who invented pasta? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chinese or Italians? Who invented pasta? It wasn't Italians. We ripped them off. You did. You acknowledged that. You acknowledged that. <laughs> wow. That's hard right there. I mean, I'm on that side as well, buddy. You know, hey. Give up sugar or give up salt? Sugar. That's easy. Really? I'm not huge on desserts, and, but natural things with natural sugars mm -hmm. all day long. I'll squash figs, tomatoes, grapes all day, every day. Figs. Yeah. Don't even talk to me about those. I, when we go, my husband's from the Azores. Yeah. And when we went to his island, his uncle would pick us these fresh figs every morning. A basket. So good. If I tell you, we would sit there and just down this basket yeah. before and we went stay anywhere. really close to the bathroom the rest of the day. <laughs> all day. All day. Like you going to the beach? Nope. nope. I'll be right here. But yo, put a funnel cake in front of me and I will house that. Don't get it twisted. I'm Mary Mamalidi and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with celebrity chef Roger Mookie. 
There's another question that I really love to ask all my guests. From your perspective, how has the Canadian food culture evolved over the years since way back since you attended George Brown? Well, you know, increasingly, I grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, um, a, at a time where there was much less diversity in Edmonton, Alberta. You know, I recently was back in Alberta and it's changed a lot. But, you know, increasingly over the years, uh, the diversity through immigration has just ex- really exploded. That really started with the first uh, Trudeau in the 70s. He opened the, the, the floodgates for people from all over the world coming to Canada and we're living and experiencing the joys of that legacy now. And so it allows a, a lot of communities to live very vibrant within the country in a very open, collaborative way. And the restaurant scene is really dynamic. You know, I can get really authentic, delicious Persian food, Indian food, Caribbean food, Nigerian food, Korean food, Japanese food, everything, along with the, the regular North American pubs and the Italian staples that are have been kind of a fulcrum of the restaurant industry for a long time. So, you know, you're really seeing that take wind and take off. So to include like grapes in a skewer like this is not unusual thing um, because the flavor profiles are complementary and people are accustomed now to harissa because it's very very popular in the last couple of years in north america it's something that they've been doing in north africa for centuries um, but you know we're living in this world of a vast diversity and i think that it's just an amazing thing to embrace and and add a lot of different flavors to our palates I got to bring this in because you're known for never cooking the same thing twice unless you absolutely have to for a set menu So is there anything that you've created that's tempted you to maybe renege on your food philosophy? (laughs) Well, professionally, (laughs) you know, if you go to a restaurant, you want the fried chicken the exact same time you had it last time if you liked it, right? Mm -hmm. There's that expectation. And in the restaurants, that's what happens. But at home, I use the home as my playground, the experimental ground, right? So yes, I, I may make pizza several times a year. But not only the toppings, I'll change the methodology. I'll change the percentage wetness of the dough. I'll add olive oil to the dough. I may add like some spices into the dough, like grind some fennel and put a little little bit in there to see how it flavors the thing. So I'm constantly experimenting when I'm at home and I do not cook the same thing exactly the same twice. I just, I need to be at your table one night. That's it. <laughs> one night at your table. Be good, be good, be good, be good. With a whole bunch of flavors. Just tell the kids, Auntie Mary's coming. <laughs> and we cook the globe too. We don't like, we cook all food from all over the world, all the time. My kids now request Indian food, request um, um, Persian food. They request sushi. So do you clash the two? Like, do you ever kind of just mesh them both up and think that, think of something that normally probably wouldn't go together, but does works beautifully. I do that all the, all the time, almost every single day, every single meal. Uh, I do that in some form. And it may be like a technique that I take from one country and apply mm-hmm. it to a flavor. So the flavor may be consistent with, let's say, Japan, but I'm taking a, a technique from, I don't know, Italy, for instance, for a particular part of the, the bread of it, let's say, and a lot of those flavors with the technique. So it looks like a Japanese thing and tastes like a Japanese thing, but there's a hidden technique in there that's a little bit different that's coming from another culture. I do that. Every single time I cook something. Okay, we're going to go on to rapid fire. What recipe has never failed you? Um, my non-bread recipe. What is your junk food kryptonite? Potatoes. 
potato chips. So good. Good potato chips. Found the ultimate potato chips near me. It's a local thing and it's they're incredible. I house the whole bag. And the kids are like, hey, where did those bags of chips go? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, what what is the unicorn of chips here? Now I need to know. It's a local chip supplier, like up in the country by where the Mennonite in Mennonite country by in Ontario here. And uh, I've only ever seen it in one store. And I don't even know the brand. I just know what the bag looks like. And they are the, the best chips I've had on earth. What would you never use, do, or cook with in your kitchen? Hmm. Oh, use or cook with? The garlic press. I hate a garlic press. It's garbage. Never use a garlic press. If you have one, <laughs> throw it at your neighbor that you hate the most. <laughs> Actually, don't do that. My lawyer says don't do that. But throw in the garbage. <laughs> Useless. Just give it a toss. Just give it a toss. Just learn how There's to no need for life properly. And the garlic press is garbage. I'm learning how to turn it into a paste. Yeah, it's very <laughs> simple, actually. You just got to have a broad enough knife and be safe with it. Um, but it's yeah. very simple. And there's many. You know what I've taken to mostly now with garlic is grating it with a microplane. Yes. Uh, you use much less garlic to impart a garlic flavor that way because you're breaking the cell structure, releasing the oils, blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. you get much more bang for the buck off of one clove than if you just chop it and you get the same effect of a garlic press and it's much easier to clean. And you could use it for more than one single use. Okay, so tell us one thing most people do not know about you. Most people do not know that... Um, I come by man fire food very earnestly. I was a pyromaniac as a child. I never burned down any houses or nothing like that. <laughs> it wasn't exciting. Maybe played a little bit unhealthily with fire a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I like fire. I legit like like fire. But I also like fire safety. So that's very important. <laughs> yes, fire safety, definitely. <laughs> I always have a fire extinguisher around and like a hose. But I like fire. I got a thing with fire. We did a little digging. And you also go by MC Mystic, or you did. Yeah. Do you still? I had a guys, a couple guys the other day ran up on me on the street screaming MC Mystic. So I guess I still. No way. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So. MC Mystic, can you sing us a few bars of a song that puts you in a good mood every single time? You see, I made it this far. I'm like a hobo or a hobbit with a ring and a goblet. Try not to fell off a bobbit. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> That's from my album, Eat Your Words, on all streaming platforms right now. <laughs> I was actually going to bring it up. Yeah, I'm glad you did. It's on there. Now, I ask every one of my guests to share a little kitchen confession with us. Do you have one that you would share? A kitchen confession. At home, I've been known to extend the five-second rule to 7.5 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) My husband would love you for that. (laughs) 7.5, though. After that, it goes downhill very quickly. Oh, thank you so much. If listeners want to reach out for more information, more about you, where can they find you? More about California Grapes. Where can they go? Uh, California Grapes. Go to grapesfromcalifornia.com. For anything Roger Mooking, go to any of my social medias at Roger Mooking or go to rogermooking.com. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. 
Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.